0: somebody in the fellowship, I'm sure, I'm sure we would be killing, um, to take the orders if you want to, to, uh, to sign for one of those, truck or treat. I don't know, probably about Wednesday because I've got to give it a good count of how many we've got going. Um, so we'll leave run out to the morning service next week. They just need money to eat on in Jackson, and then we'll we'll go to Judge and we'll come back. Um, sorry, I thought somebody said something. The uh, also the youth are going today. We're gonna to go to, to eat in Jackson, excuse me, going to leave here at 2 30 to go see the movie The Blind, and then we'll go eat at uh, Texas Roadhouse, I think is where they're So if you did not get a chance to order one of the the shirts, uh, see Mary Ann She'll be out in the fellowship hall after the morning service. This Wednesday night's meal is country fried steak, mashed potatoes, gravy, English peas, rolls, salad bar, dessert. Um, And this is sponsored by the Susan Avenue class. And there is an option, of pizza for the kids. You can sign up on Flyman's board if you want to do it the old-fashioned way. There is a list to my left out here in the fellowship hall. Out there and sign up, and I think that is everything. Am I missing any announcements? Okay, if you, if you didn't hear that for the drunk or treat, if you're gonna you do a pot of chili or soup or make some sandwiches, uh, then see Miss Sandra. 4 By surprise, and we thank you for that. For those that don't know you as their Lord and their Savior, and that they would they would see how much you love them, that, that you are a God of mercy, you are a God who who seeks us out when we don't know you. We thank you for that, and we pray this morning as we take up this.
1: Standing on the promises of Christ my King, through eternal ages, let his praises Glory in the highest I will show and sing. Standing on the promises of God. Standing, standing. Standing on the promises of God my King. I'm standing on the promises of God, standing on the promises. (laughs) we am not even gonna to Yes. Nice. No. Yeah.
2: Appreciate that this morning. Good morning. It's so good to see you this morning. Uh, thank you for the opportunity to be to be with you this morning. Uh, if you have your Bible, let me encourage you to uh, turn to the Book of Psalms, Psalm chapter twenty-three. It's probably a passage of Scripture that uh, many of you know well. You may even you may even know it by heart. Uh, but let me encourage you to, to turn there this morning. Um, I have to be a little bit honest with you this morning, and this is going to seem just a little strange uh, having a, a visitor in the pulpit, and he's going to be a little bit transparent uh, with you this morning. Um, I, I kind of have a, a, a clash of emotion happening this morning, and I'm just, I'm just being honest with you, okay? Um, you sit and you watch the news, and you see everything that's happening in Israel, and uh, you see the war that's happening there. If you're in this room this, this morning, uh, like I am, and you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and you believe that someday he's going to return, you, you watch the news and you begin to have these thoughts of, okay, where does this play in the Jesus returning? Um, and so I, I quickly want to run to Scripture and, and find out, is, is this the beginning? Is this the end? Does this have nothing to do with it? All this kind of stuff. So my, my first clash is, I'm just simply not smart enough to know being honest, okay? But here's the other clash, is that sitting in the moments of not knowing is that my God is still good. And in the midst of not knowing, is this the beginning? Is this the end? How does this play in the scripture? I want to see it. I want to understand what's happening in the end. I still sit in confidence that the one who's on the throne is still in control. And it makes no difference if I understand it, if I grasp it completely, if I know everything that's going on, or if I'm sitting there completely clueless, my God is still in control. And so this morning, what I don't want to do is I don't want to run and and push you and push us to this place of, oh, look at Israel and look what's happening and how it plays into the end time. As a matter of fact, I want to pray for our brothers and sisters like we've already done this morning. And I want to think about those who are suffering I want to think about the ones that are serving there. But in reality, what I want us to do is this, is I want us to turn and I want us to look at the God who sits on the throne because none of this is calling off guard. And I think what we have a tendency to do in church sometimes is we want to run and we want to put the pieces together. And there are pieces that we can put together. We can read Scripture, we can pray, and God certainly can put those things together. But at the end of the day, it doesn't change who God is tells us in Psalm chapter 23 that he is the good shepherd. Now, here's my other clash that I have this morning, okay, just being transparent. I've had the opportunity to, to travel quite a bit in my role as the missions pastor, and, and one of my favorite places on earth is Central Asia, and a lot of that is just simply because of the, uh, the very basic way of life that they live, and, and how sheep are so prevalent, and there's shepherds everywhere, and so over the last several years, I've just been enamored about what shepherds do and how that works in their world. And so I constantly come back to Psalm chapter 23. And here is David, who is a shepherd, and he's talking about the Lord being his shepherd. And so all of this kind of clashes together because the news wants to tell me all of the bad things that are happening in the world, but the Word and my relationship with my Heavenly Father is telling me that He is still good, that He is my shepherd, that nothing catches Him off guard, and that He has control of everything. And as long as I place my faith and trust in Him, it makes no difference what happens anywhere else in the world. Should I pray for them? Absolutely. Do I look to serve them? Absolutely. Am I aware of what's happening? Absolutely. But am I worried if this changes the heart of who God is? Absolutely not. Because this is who the great shepherd is. And so I've been there in March. I had the opportunity to be in Central Asia and just to watch this. And most of the traffic jams that I was in, they revolved around hundreds of sheep coming across some dirt road. It wasn't because of a bunch of cars and rickshaws coming around. It literally was because sheep were coming around. And so I've just been enamored with this and how it applies to Psalm chapter 23. And this morning, we're just going to look at the very first verse. And so this is what it says in Psalm chapter 23, in verse 1. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I lack, or the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And so this morning, as we jump in, and let me ask this question to you. Don't raise your hand. Uh, don't answer out loud. That's why we don't want to embarrass anybody or laugh at anyone or whatever, because I have my own answers for this. But in your own mind, just answer this question. I will be happy when... Go on that one. I'll be happy when... And across the room, size, I mean, there's, there's answers kind of flying all over the place. I, I'll be happy when... better, be happy when I graduate, be happy when I finally get that job, I finally get that promotion, be happy when I finally have a child, be happy when my children are gone. Uh, You know, the happiness kind of fills in that blank for, for all of us in a lot of different ways, but so many times in our walk, especially with the Lord, we look at happiness and contentment as one and the same. And really, these are two totally different thoughts happiness, most of the time, is dependent upon the things that we get. I'm happy whenever my son calls with good news, it makes me happy, but it doesn't change my contentment in who God is. You see, the the key to contentment is not conditional upon you filling in that blank. Contentment is found in one person, and his name is Jesus Christ. If you write or you highlight in your Bible let me encourage you to catch this in Psalm chapter 23 it says the Lord is my shepherd if you if you write or highlight in your Bible catch that word the Lord and this is what I want to give you this morning I want to give you just three very quick truths that we're going to find here about contentment in the shadow of the presence of God the Father and so when you look at this this word here the Lord we're going to, we're going to find the very first truth this morning and it's that, and it's this is that the splendor of His presence is extraordinary. The splendor of His presence is extraordinary. This word, Lord, is literally translated as Yahweh in the Hebrew. It's transliterated as Jehovah. If you put the verb with it, he's literally saying, David, the psalmist here, is saying, the Lord, the great I Am, is my shepherd. If you combine all three of the Hebrew tenses together, this is what you're going to get, is that literally... This word, the Lord, this God, this I am, he is the God of the present, he is God of the future, and he is God of the past. It is his holy name. And the psalmist is reminding not only himself, but us as the readers that this is the fitting name for who God is. That he is independent, that he is self-sufficient, that he is eternal, that he is the great revelator, that he is the God of redemption, and he has all kinds of titles, but none of them ring any truer than this title, the Lord, Yahweh, the great I Am. You see, all throughout Scripture, we have all kinds of different names. You may know some of them. El Shaddai, the God Almighty, Jehovah Elohim, the eternal creator, Jehovah Jireh, the Lord our Provider, Jehovah Rofika, the Lord our Healer, Jehovah Rohi, the Lord our Shepherd, Jehovah Elohimu, the Lord our God, and the list kind of goes on and on for the list of names of who God is, but none of them are more impressive or any greater than this one right here, the Lord, the great I. Go back to the question that we ask. I'll be happy when you see this is where happiness and contentment begin to divide because contentment is only found in one true person. And it is in nature, it is in the person of the Lord, of the great I Am, of Yahweh Himself. This is where contentment is found. And so many times in 2023, we walk through life and we're looking for happiness We want a bigger house, we want a bigger family, we want health, we want wealth, we want all of these things. But God is continually calling us back, saying, listen, happiness is born out of the things of the world. Contentment is found only in me. And who can comprehend when God says that I am? Who can comprehend this? You see, the splendor of his presence is extraordinary. When you're seeking a way out of your sins... He says, I am the way. When you knock on the door of heaven, He says, I am the door. When searching for standards to live your life by, He says, I am the truth. When you hunger for righteousness, He says, I am the bread of life. When you face death, He says, I am the resurrection. When you are surrounded by the darkness of temptation, He says, I am the light of the world. And when you're searching for a reason to live, He says, I am the life. This is this God that David is crying out to. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. It is not some weak shepherd with a small staff walking across a pasture, taking care of physical sheep. This is the creator of the universe. The great I am. And David's crying out saying, this one, he is my shepherd. And the splendor of his presence is, ex- is extraordinary. Listen, Max Lucado puts it this way. He says, when our deepest desire... Is not the things of God or a favor from God, but God himself. We cross a threshold. Psalm chapter 89 puts it this way. For who in the heavens can be compared to the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened to the Lord? The God of Psalm chapter 23 is Yahweh, the great I am. And listen, contentment, true contentment begins in the shadow of him. Presence is extraordinary. The second truth that we find here in Psalm chapter 23 is this, is that the security of his presence is encouraging. Look again here at Psalm chapter 23 and verse 1. The Lord, Yahweh, the great I Am, is my shepherd. Why do we need a shepherd? Why do we need a shepherd? Isaiah puts it this way in Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. He's the shepherd. We are the sheep. He's our guide. He's our guard through our journey of life. Let me encourage you, if you you ever want to study uh, Psalm chapter 23 or just read a little bit more about it, there's an author by the name of Philip Keller, and he wrote a great little book on Psalm chapter 23. He himself is a shepherd. He has interviewed shepherds all over the world, and he dives into this just in depth. And in his book, uh, Psalm chapter 23, this is what Philip Keller writes. He says, it's no accident that God has chosen to call us his sheep. Our mass mind or mob instincts, our fears and timidity, our stubbornness and stupidity, our perverse habits are all parallels of profound importance. Here is David in Psalm chapter 23. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. This guy is a shepherd. He knows what it's like to take care of sheep physically, to watch over them, to care for them, to protect them. And here he is calling God, Yahweh, the Lord, the great I Am. He is calling him his shepherd. So, why does a shepherd like David, or why do you and I need a shepherd? Gotta be honest. Let's do it this way. Has anybody ever been around sheep? A couple of hands. The beans should have a conversation afterwards. Okay? Here's what I know about sheep they're not real smart. Okay? I was going to call them dumb, but then I'd be calling you and me dumb. I'm not going to cross that, you know, as a guest here. But they're just, they're, they're not that smart. You you cannot train a sheep to do anything. Go to the circus the next time, okay? Look at all the animals. You will not find a sheep at the circus, okay? Um, they, they just, they can't be trained. Think about yourself. Let me think about myself as a sheep. Am I the sharpest knife in the drawer? especially spiritually speaking. I make some crazy decisions. Are there sins in your life or in our life that we just keep running back to over and over and over again? Maybe it's a a drug that destroys the mind or body. It's a relationship that destroys the family. Maybe it's just the same situation that leads to sin over and over and over and over over again. You see, she smart, but sometimes in our spiritual walk, we're, we're not that smart either. And our depravity makes us less smart. That's why we need a shepherd. You ever know that sheep are not real clean animals, right? They're, they're really just kind of dirty. They're actually very dirty. You've got dogs and cats that can clean themselves. You've got birds that will actually fly into the water and they'll wash in a bird bath or something like that. Sheep can't do any of that. You know who has to clean the sheep? Shepherd. And here's what happens. Whenever you and I sin, it makes us completely filthy and dirty and nasty. I was a, I was a kid's pastor for years and I would have this spiritual conversation with children. One of the best ways that I found to have that conversation was to liken them to this that, hey, when you would go outside and play and you would come in, what would be the first thing your mom and dad would tell you to do? Either take a shower, take a bath, go wash your hands, right? Because all the mud and everything you had on the outside, just made you completely nasty and dirty and stinky. When we sin, it makes us the same way on the inside. And there's no bath that can take care of that. There's no physical shower that can take care of that. The sin makes us so dirty on the inside that we're in great need of a Savior to come and to wash us on the inside. And that's what Jesus did when he died on the cross for us. And the, the dirtiness and the filthiness that we have, listen, we, we need a great shepherd to cleanse us of that filth. Sheep are also very defenseless. Get close to a sheep, okay? Open their mouth. There's no fangs. They don't have any sharp hooks, like, on their feet. They don't have, they're not wielding a sword stuffed in that wool somewhere. Like, they can't defend themselves. They need a shepherd. The shepherd is the one that defends them. They they don't have any way of doing that. They're not even real fast whenever it comes to running. The shepherd has to defend them in everything. And whether we realize it or not, our sin is what makes us defenseless. Satan comes in and he tricks us and he moves us and he does things in our lives. And the next thing we know, we're so caught up in sin, we have nowhere to turn. This is where the shepherd comes in. We're defenseless. Where do we find someone to stand up for us? It is the shepherd. This is what we find with him. Sheep are also very directionless. In my time in Central Asia, I watch these these young boys and these young men and older men, and they're pushing these sheep across, uh, across paths and across mountain passes and across open fields, and they're trying to keep them in some sense of some kind of small line. Sheep will just wander. They have no sense of direction. The shepherd is coming at beside them, and behind them and tapping them on the, on the hips and on the top of the head, not hurting them, but just keeping them in the direction that they need to go. And this is where we find ourselves. We stray and we wander. We do the things that we want to do. We do the things that we think that are going to make us happy. And the next thing we know, we're not content because we're looking at contentment in a whole different light. We need a shepherd. And this is what we find. He is the very security and He is the presence of that. We can be encouraged, though. I know I'm a guest standing on your platform this morning and please hear me say, I'm not calling you dumb, I'm not calling you directionless, I'm not calling you dirty, and I'm not calling you defenseless. I'm calling all of us that because our sin makes us that way. And when we are not, Following Jesus Christ, when we are not content in the very presence of the Shepherd, that we act just like sheep, and we are in great need of the Shepherd. Jesus tells his disciples in John chapter ten, verse eleven, he says, "I am the good Shepherd. The good Shepherd lays down His life for the sheep." Can we find contentment in that kind of Shepherd? Can we find contentment knowing that we've got a Shepherd that is willing to do that for you? And for me, the security of his presence is encouraging. But the third truth I want to share with you this morning, just very quickly, is this. Is that the supply of his presence is endless. The supply of his presence is endless. Look back in Psalm chapter 23 and verse 1. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I lack. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I lack. We don't need anything. When the Lord is our shepherd. Why? Because he meets every single need. Here's what I've learned about sheep and about shepherds. And if we had time, I'd love to walk through all of Psalm chapter 23. There's, just, there's so much that's there. But whenever a shepherd will take a, his flock of sheep to water, first of all, sheep will not drink from water that is still. They also will not drink from water that is moving really, really fast. It's got to be somewhere in between. And if a shepherd comes to a place that he's wanting to water the sheep and there is no water, if there's a well, he will draw the water up and he will pour it into into something or onto the ground, into a spot, and he'll just continue to pour it until it overflows. Now, the sheep will not drink until they begin to see the water overflow. And in their mind, I don't know who's thought of this, but this is what shepherds will say. They won't drink until they see the water overflowing, because then they know that there's plenty for them to drink. In other words, if the water's just sitting there, they don't know if there's enough they will to drink. If it's moving too fast, they think that it's going to run away from them, and they can't do it. But when it's just slowly overflowing, they'll drink, and they'll drink, and they'll drink, and they'll drink. And they'll drink. Because that's what a good shepherd does. It gives the sheep exactly what they need and just continues to give over and over and over and over again until the sheep are full abundantly. Listen, contentment is not the result of God meeting our desires. Remember the question that we ask, I'll be happy when? This is not about happiness. This is about contentment. And contentment is not the result of God meeting our desires, but rather God changing our desires. You see, this is the very heart of what we're speaking of this morning. This is at the very heart of what David is speaking on this morning. The Lord is my shepherd. There is nothing that I lack. Do we think David probably wanted to sleep in a nice bed rather than on the pasture? Probably. Do we think that he would have loved to have sat down at a table where he could have eaten until his heart contends instead of sitting out there with all this flock of sheep? Probably. But over and over again, David calls him his shepherd, that there is nothing that he lacks, not because he found true happiness, but because he was finding true contentment in God. You see, this is what the great shepherd does. If we allow him to do it, he will change our desires. Now, all of a sudden, happiness and contentment begin to run on the same parallel track. Happiness wants to take us over here to have the things of the world. Meanwhile, contentment wants to take us to the shadow of God, the shepherd. And whenever we begin to allow those things to align, God will say, you know what? I'll take care of every desire of your heart because I'm going to change the desires of your heart. You're going to no longer want the things that the world wants you to have, but you're going to desire the things that I want you to have. This is where contentment begins to take place. And the supply that we get from the shepherd is endless. But don't we live in a world that's completely opposite of that? Right? It's easy for us to sit in a room this size and to think, yes, contentment is found in the Lord. But it's a completely different thing to walk out and to live a life that reflects that. The consumer debt in our country has tripled. Average American household has over $35,000 in consumer debt. Average credit card is over $8,000. Personal bankruptcies have doubled in the last several years. Let me put this in a little bit better perspective for you, that if you're here this morning and if you own your own home, if you've got two cars in the driveway or garage, and you've got any kind of retirement plan, you are in the top 2%. Not 20%, not 12%. You're in the top 2% of people in the world. In the world. According to the Census Bureau, the average Tennessee household makes just over $48,000 per year. If you're to do the math, at an average lifetime, that's over $2 million that you and I will make. But the majority of us can't manage the money well enough to have a decent retirement because we refuse to be content in his presence. We desire happiness over contentment. And contentment is found only in the shepherd. Our heard a story about a man I was talking to, a pastor buddy of mine, and he was sharing this with me and he had a man come in financially very well off, businessman, and owned his own business for years, had everything that he could possibly want, and one day his business came crashing down. He lost it all. His wife was threatening to leave him. His family was, he was thinking he was going to be destitute. He was a smart man. He was going to be able to put things back together, but not nearly where he was right then. The man was at his wit's end, so he came to see a pastor friend of mine. And he sat in his office, just head in his face, elbows on his knees. He was lost. He didn't know where he was going to turn. And my pastor friend just sat and listened to him weep and prayed over him. And they talked for quite a while. And my pastor friend finally just said, you know, it just kind of struck me that where he had placed all of his value was within the happiness of all those things. It wasn't in true contentment. He said, and I just began to ask him a few questions, and he said, Here are the final three thoughts that I had for him. He said, I looked at the man and said, You've lost everything, correct? And he said, I have. He said, Well, have you lost your character? He said, No. He said, My character's never just never been in check or never been questioned. I just, there were some things that happened that caused all this to He said, Have you lost your faith in God? He said, No. He said, I haven't. The man, that's really shaken right now, but I know that God's on his throne. He said, one well, last question, have you lost your salvation? The man looked up, tears went away real quick, and he said, absolutely not. He said, my salvation is secured in who Jesus Christ is and what he did for me on the cross and raised it again on the third day. My pastor friend looked at him in the eye and he says, it sounds to me like yeah, I haven't lost anything that really matters. His whole perspective changed to realize that everything in this world had been built on happiness, not on contentment that could be found in the shepherd. Do you know why sheep are content in the shepherd's presence? It's because the shepherd works day and night with no end of trouble to make sure that his sheep have the finest grazing, clean water, shelter from the storms, protection from enemies, and relief from disease. It's no wonder that Jesus declares, I'm the good shepherd. The shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Do you know what it's like to have contentment in the shadow of his presence? If it went across the room, how many of us could truly say, I've got true contentment in who God is? Listen, I, I'll just be honest with you again this morning. I struggle with contentment because the world's telling me that I need to be happy. But the word is telling me that contentment is a true source of peace. It's not my spouse's shepherd. It's not my parents' shepherd. It's not my friends' shepherd. It's, it's not a pastor's shepherd. Listen, is God your true shepherd? Is He leading you? Are, you? are you finding contentment in His shadow every single day? Listen, I'll venture to say that I'm really the with this number of people in here. They're there's probably at least one person here this morning that has, has never taken that step and, and has said, You know what? I, I believe that Jesus Christ is, is who he says he is. I believe that he died on the cross for my sins. Listen, make that you this morning. Maybe in a room this size, there's one or two, maybe even more that is searching more for happiness than you are for contentment. Listen, David tells us in Psalm chapter 23 the Lord. It's my shepherd. There's nothing I like. One of the greatest pictures that I've ever seen of this with my own eyes was in Central Asia. I was on a small farm. It was a rural area. And the shepherds were bringing the sheep in. They took these gloves and put them on, and they were almost they were like these great big fuzzy gloves. And they, they put the gloves on one of each hand, and these buckets were sitting around. They would run their hands down in this bucket and they were soaking these gloves and they were running these sheep through a chute and they were coming to them one at a time. And as the sheep would come to them, they would would meet that sheep face to face and they would take those gloves and they would just almost massage that sheep's face. They would go around the nose, they would go between the eyes, they would go on top of the forehead and they would just rub. And listen, that sheep would just stand there Almost fall asleep in those shepherd's hands, and I was so intrigued. And I asked the shepherd, said, what, "What, what's happening? That? Right? What are they doing?" And so they were trying to explain to me. It's a, it's a special type of oil or salve that they would put on the sheep, and, and uh, it deterred all kinds of bugs and things when they were out in the, in the pastures, and was killing small bugs and stuff that had already gotten in their fur, and especially gotten in their nostrils and things like that. And so there's some other gross stuff I'll kind of, sh- I won't share with you, but. Uh, that, that's really what they were doing. But but they would take the time with every single sheep that came through. Listen, these shepherds would just stand there, and they would just massage. Those sheep would just stand there. Complete trust in the shepherd. Complete trust. And the picture to me is just so vivid that that's how my God wants me to stand in his presence. Those sheep were so content shepherd. They never questioned why that shepherd was doing that. They never, they never feared what was happening. They just stood there almost in awe of the presence of the shepherd. This is the kind of contentment that I pray for in my whole life. I want to stand in such reverence and in such awe of who God is that I'm just, I'm just there, willing to do whatever he's called me to do willing to go wherever He calls me to go, willing to give, willing to serve, willing to pray, willing to do whatever it is that He's got for me because I'm completely content in Him being my shepherd. Listen, maybe this is you this morning. Maybe you're running and you're trying to find the things of the world because you answered that question earlier and you're looking for happiness instead of contentment. Let me tell you, true happiness is never going to be found until you're content. Shadow of the shepherd. Listen, I ask if you would just to close your eyes and bow your heads just right where you are. Brother Brian is going to come back up and lead us in an invitational song, but as he's doing that, listen, nobody's looking around. Our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed. Listen, this morning, I don't know where you are. I can't even begin to, to know where you are. Here's what I do know. If you're here this morning, and you've never said yes to the shepherd, you've never placed your trust and your faith in Jesus Christ, that today could be your day of salvation. The Bible tells us that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's it. doesn't matter about your past. It doesn't matter about the baggage that you have. Listen, the shepherd wants you to lay at his feet, and he'll carry it. He wants to love you right where you are. He died on the cross for you. He rose again on the third day and defeated death for you. And he did that because of his love for you as the great shepherd. Maybe you're here this morning and you're you're running. And you're searching for everything in this world that's going to bring you happiness. And in reality, what the Lord's calling you to is a life of contentment with what you have. He's wanting you just to sit and just to rest, just to come and worship in his presence, to find true contentment in him. And so, Father, right now in this moment, with our heads bowed, our eyes closed, we, we pray to you. As the great I am, as the name that is above every other name, we call out to you. Would you just allow your spirit to continue to move in this place? Father, would you just draw people to you that don't know you? Father, would you just help us just to be content in your presence? Lord, help us not to run from this place and and to continue to search for the things of this world, but help us to run to you and find contentment in your shadow. Thank you for being our great shepherd. Thank you for protecting us, for guiding us, for watching over us, for providing for everything that we could possibly need in our lives. Lord, be our great shepherd, because in you there's nothing that we want. We love you, we worship you, and we praise you. It's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Listen, would you stand right where you are